Hey, I think I got something here. The Bengalese Galoshes. Oh. It's tough keeping your feet dry when you're kicking in a skull. You know, Eddie, that might be just a tad harsh for women's wear. Well, I'm not married to it. Oh, well, um, in that case, why don't we take the phrase kicking in a skull and we tweak it, you know, just, just a hair to something like, well, like strolling through a dewy meadow. Dewy meadow. January 6th, 2013. Welcome to a brand new year, Pendulum. Happy, happy new year. Happy, Hope you happy all had... new year. Oh, I interrupted your little song. I'm sorry. It wasn't really a song. It was, I don't know, more of a chant. That was kind of sing-songish, though, for a chant. A sing-song chant? So anyway, it happy... It a magic spell to give you special 2013 powers. See, that's twinkling and... The twinkling magic powers, yes. Fairies and... And unicorns and Whoa. some My Little Ponies are in there. Okay. This is very <laughs> extravagant magic. Oh, and Vanellope Von Schweetz is in there. Ah, Vanellope Von Schweetz. Candy barrettes, people. Candy barrettes. Tie your hair with a Twizzler, why don't you? Right? Okay, so anyway. Hi. Be <laughs> New Year. Yes. Welcome to 2013. What it's is this? Exciting. We are living in the future. Here we are. We are living future. in the future. Mm, we really are in the future. What is going on? It's creepy, dude. Like that thing we saw, like on the internet. Oh yeah. Oh the... my god, that thing on the internet. Yeah. Tell us okay. more about it, Susan Bridges. <laughs> no, that thing where like scientists are trying to figure out if we're actually in the Matrix. Oh yeah, that was cool. I'm like, what? My brain exploded. It's a very cool theory. If you haven't heard it, we don't have a lot to talk about. Let's get into it. So, <laughs> the theory basically goes that the universe is so big and so large that we, it's kind of arrogant to think we would be the only intelligent species in it. Yeah. And it would be, therefore, extra arrogant to think that we would be the first ones who could ever develop a working model of the universe, which yet we can't yet. We've got, like, what, an atom? I think we can get a full atom, they said. But in any case... I don't know, but you know they... They don't have the computing power yet to expand it out for like a full universe or even a full planet yet, but they th they think we'll get there, you know, somewhat soon. But they think it would be ridiculous to think we'd be the first ones who ever did. And so, if other people have, what proof is there that we're not part of a simulation that some other advanced species has already been running? And so they they've devised actual scientific tests to run on this to de try to determine if we are, you know. You should just look it up. It's crazy. Look it up. It's nuts. Totally, totally nuts. Totally crazy. So I can tell you, though, that if someone has programmed us in this universe, that they've programmed us only a few things to talk about this week. And what is that? That's not that's some crappy programming, guys. Yeah, really. It, Our programmer's slacking. We're looking for a little more scope and a little more depth. Leaning back with a beer, you know, hanging out with the family over the I holidays. Mean, maybe we're just prototypical. I don't know. Whoa. Did you like that word? Did you like it? That was very nice. That was good. If I had 50 cents, I'd give it to there you. There are a lot of syllables and letters. <sighs> <laughs> And as we all know, that's the only arbiter of quality. Absolutely. Oh, except for Mr. Awesome. Well. Oh, so awesome. You're short on syllables, but I don't know. Wonderful. Do you know what is totally awesome? Please tell me. Well, this was a little ways back now. We haven't had a twip uh, in a few weeks, obviously. So I know you all missed us. We're back. We love you. Um, 
on December 11th, which was not long after our last tweet. Something happened. Makeuseof.com had an article about amazing free audio dramas that mentioned PendantAudio.com. What? And you know we're amazing. I mean, we know, and you know. And now every, but these other people, even more people know. These other people agree. So we're anyway, amazing. that was very cool, and we would like to thank them for putting us on their list of amazing free audio dramas. Yeah, it was exciting. Little, it was, little it was very kudos. cool. You could probably still find that article. Uh, we linked to it from our Tumblr, Facebook, and Twitter feeds. Um, but if you'd like to see it, you could um, just go to makeuseof.com and... Um, I don't know. Look sure, around. there's a, like a search box Probably. you could look for audio dramas. And... You know how to use the internet. I'm right? pretty sure. Okay. So the only other thing we have to talk about since our universe programmer was slacking um, is that since the last trip, Shenanigans merchandise has gone up in the pendant store. Fantastic. Shenanigans, of course, that uh, house of ill repute, if you will, from the kingery. Of ill repute. <laughs> That's what they called them. It's awesome. It is, though. So um, it's got, you know, it's cool. It's got some devil girls on it and stuff. So you can stop by and check that out. It's on a whole range of different merchandise, and it's cool, and you can get some stuff. And or you can listen to The Kingery, too, you know. And by the way, the last few episodes have been magnificent. If you do say so yourself. Dude, they're really good. I was just listening to them, and I was like, whoa. Like, whoa, Jared, whoa. You're just blowing my mind with audio amazing. Whoa. It was really good. No one told me we were going to talk about blowing. What? I didn't... I didn't do... What? No. I didn't say a thing. You said he was blowing your mind with amazing. Oh, I did say that. You did. <gasps> Jared, I love you forever. Oh. <gasps> in secret. <laughs> no, see, so you would secret. think... You would think that... <laughs> that like, I'm offended. I'm just... I'm not offended. All I'm thinking of... <laughs> you know, you're, now you're, you're going... You're like cheating on Tom. We all know Tom is, yes, yeah, see? Tom, I love you too. Oh, the problems. My tastes are varied and many. Oh, the tangled web you weave. <laughs> anyway, it's good. Go listen or buy things or listen and buy things or just buy things or just listen. I don't know. It's up to you. the pendant satellite office in st louis missouri we have jack Cock. hello jack hello how's it going it's good i i am alive and i'm breathing and i am doing what i love so yeah i'm good how are you i'm uh i'm doing well doing well thanks so we have questions from the community and uh oh want to get started with stuff a little bit outside the pendant box kind of um find out a little bit more about you um when you're not doing pendant stuff um what's jack doing um jack is a freshman in college um i am currently studying economics and theater um which may be the strangest pairing of majors ever but um that, that's what i'm studying right now um, I am studying direct, I'm focusing in directing, um, in terms of theater, but, uh, am doing some collegiate level acting, uh, which is very different from collegiate level sport. It's not, it's not as cool as saying, yeah, I'm a collegiate level athlete, 
but um, certainly more fun. Well, that depends on who you ask. Uh, that's true. Um, I, I get to do that, and um, yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty much me. I'm a college student studying a lot. So economics and theater kind of heading towards directing. I guess that, that kind of makes sense. Um, if you think about all the stuff that a director gets their hands on, um, although you m- might think there might be some production. Right, yeah, that's, that that's, all, that's my too. ultimate goal. Yeah, it's try to be a producer and direct, you know, producer and director, you know, with a theater company or, um, you know, I'm obviously not adverse to working in film and that'd be something I'd be interested to try out as well. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, um, what I'm studying now, uh, because economics was the most interesting and available business degree to me, um, okay. which may be really weird because most people don't willingly take an economics class, but that's okay. Yeah, I can. can I, I think I relate to that that group of of people. <laughs> <laughs> you, you and pretty much everybody else in my principles of economics class. That's okay. <laughs> um, so, of you, you've played a bunch of roles. Um, and now you're doing the live theater. Um, what kind of roles do you like to play? What, what do you enjoy? What kind of characters do you enjoy diving uh, into? That's a good question. Um, Thanks. I start really, I'll take... <laughs> I, <laughs> you're asking such good questions. I'm so proud. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, I am... I, I don't know. That's a great question. I, I probably will take any role handed to me. Uh, my my little brother, who's two years younger than I am, and has seen me do a lot of acting and list, likes to listen to Pendant from time to time, tells me I have two characters, the old virgin and the villain's sidekick. <laughs> um, Are they necessarily which, separate? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I mean... <laughs> um, the last play I did was a show called Radium Girls, where um, it's it's based on a uh, corporate scandal in the 1920s, um, where ultimately I played this very conniving, rude sort of uh, vice president of this company who um, looks out for his own interests, and when his business partner, who's the president of the company, um, starts getting very antsy about what's going wrong and, and he's 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 has a crisis of conscience um he forces his you know his business partner out of the company and just starts being really smarmy and evil and i like that i like being smarmy and evil um but i like i like i like freaking out i think it's probably my favorite part of acting is just being able to freak out sometimes um i'm i'm working on uh tim the vampire which I've mentioned, um, which was mentioned, I think, in an interview with Renee Christine Jones earlier this year. Um, I, I'm now playing Tim on that show. Um, and he's a character who really just freaks out all the time because the world is just melting down around him. Um, and he'll just be sitting there like, no, I cannot have any more dead whores in my apartment. What are you doing? Um, I, I do. I like to freak out, I think. is probably Those are my favorite roles, the ones where you freak out and just go nuts sometimes can be uh, therapeutic, I guess. Ah, oh, very much so. <laughs> <laughs> it helps. 
on days when you're just exhausted. Um, again, in Radium Girls, I had bronchitis through all of Tech Week. And so being able to just flip out was great. Mm. Very cool. Um, um, yeah. So what triggered your interest in voice acting? Was it an offshoot of you being interested in acting? Or was it the other way around? Or was there some kind of event? Something you saw? I mean, yeah. I, I, I'd always wanted to, like, I just, I'd always liked acting. Um, uh, in high school, in high school, I wanted to get involved in it, but at the time I couldn't because I was too busy and other stuff was going on. So I was like, well, can I do it with Pendant? And I started doing it with Pendant and that was a lot of fun. Um, and then I, you know, I started doing it in high school. Um, and I didn't expect to be moving on to study it in college. I, I'd kind of given up on it and was trying to move, you know, solely to study business. But, uh, Something about I just I couldn't stay away from it. So ultimately, it's one of those things like I found it and I got really addicted and I couldn't leave. Okay. Um, so I I guess that kind of answers your question, but not really. <laughs> but yeah, it's just been this is what I study. Uh, it's what I study and what I like to do because it's just fun. I have I just have such a blast doing it and. It never stops being fun. Even when you're incredibly frustrated and just bummed out, you still, even at the lowest points, it is more fun than having a real hobby um, <laughs> or a real job. So, um, yeah. Okay. So um, what has triggered your interest in writing with uh, Tabula Rasa having – come out and such and we'll get more into into that into tabula rasa itself later but what, what triggered your interest in writing oh i've always liked writing it's been it's always been very fun to me even when i was like i tried writing a novel when i was like in fifth grade um because i had a teacher who really pushed me into it um and he was really cool uh i don't think he's around anymore unfortunately i haven't seen him in a long time but he was he was a teacher who really encouraged personal creativity and imagination and writing and that just appealed to me a lot but um prose was not really my thing so i moved into audio writing and some of that has been published on seminar some of it i wish wasn't published on seminar in retrospect um uh but it's we it's might been be getting to that too <laughs> yes, we will uh but it's just it's I don't know. It's it's another one of those things. Like it's a, it's a way to help deal with things. Some people like deal with stuff by working out or writing poetry. But for me, I just find writing plays and writing scripts um, is what helps me. So uh, yeah. So between the acting and the writing, where where are your interests now between the two? And what do you think the driving force behind that is? Well, um, I don't like when they collide. I, I prefer to keep my acting self and my writing self separate, which is why ideally you will never hear me on Ted Bila Rasa, uh, um, unless extreme circumstances push me into that, but that probably won't happen. Um, but I, I just, I think acting is, in a, in, um, 
acting, I think, functions mostly as an escape. You're not yourself. You're you're somebody else. Writing, you can put a lot of yourself into it, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Acting is an expression of emotion. Writing is, is an expression of yourself. And I sound really pretentious right now. But... Um, <laughs> That, yeah, that, no, it makes sense. Um, that's that's how I separate it in my mind. Okay. Um, and that's yeah, that's why I will do one instead of the other in a, in different circumstances. So, given that you're writing Tabula Rasa, are you going to be doing less acting? Do you think? Uh, with Pendant, probably just because I have only you know a set amount of time to do Pendant stuff, because mm-hmm. I'm you know trying to pursue two college majors. Um, and stuff, but Go with I, um, yeah, it's just, I, I frankly don't really have a lot of time for voice acting anymore, which is unfortunate because I really do love it and I've learned a lot from it. Mm-hmm. But, um, the nice thing about writing is you don't have to have a voice to do it. Um, and especially when you're in a musical like I am right now, I just, you, you can't go back and sit down and record after that. Um, you, you have to. You know, obviously, I can't sit down and start playing. I don't know. I don't have any recurring roles going on right now. Um, but you just can't sit down and pull out a voice um, after a day of rehearsal. But you can sit down and bang out a script after a day of rehearsal if you want to. Sure. Um, so yeah, that's just, it's just a matter of this is what I have time for, and I have to keep in mind that I also I, I have a roommate, and I can write while he's asleep, but I can't record while he's asleep. Um, and yeah. Not if you're going to do that freaking out stuff anyway. <laughs> exactly. So you're studying um, for the direction of directing. Um, do you think you might do some directing for the audio side? Oh. How <laughs> many professionals? That's a question, Jeffrey's. Um, <laughs> I'm not channeling Jeffrey, I promise. Um, I mean, I'm studying directing in the non-pendant sense of moving bodies around on stage mm-hmm. and, you know, creating visual pictures. I've tried my hand at audio mixing and audio directing before, um, and I may sometime after Tabula Rasa ends, but I, I, it takes a lot of writing time to write Tabula Rasa, and it takes a lot of pendant time. And, you know, down the line, I'm obviously willing to do anything. I wouldn't have expected to be actually writing this show in two years. You told me two years ago. But, um, <clears throat> although I guess three years ago because I pitched it two years ago. But, um, I, I, I would like to try it. But, um, not now. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> That's fair. Um, all right. So let, let's talk about Tabula Rasa then. Um, okay. What was that like pitching that to Jeffrey? Well, it was probably the third or fourth idea I'd pitched to him. Um, the second one that made it to a, I'm interested, send me a full pitch thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really is kind of accumulation of about seven different ideas I'd had before. But um, arranged in such a way that it didn't sound like accumulation of seven ideas that I'd come up with before. I, um, basically, I'd, I'd been watching a lot of what was it at the time? Castle, I think. Mm-hmm. And my original um, idea was, well, this is, you know, it's a cop show. 
Um, yep. But Jeffrey had indicated that that's not at all what he was looking for. Was an episodic show about this blind woman who saves, or you know, who helps the police department. Because like, how is that not medium, or how is that not Castle, or how is that not the Mentalist, or how is that not yeah, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Right. Um, and so ultimately, it's turned into a very much more twenty-four lost heroes style story i think okay um in the sense that there is there are all these characters and they're moving along and there's this vast question behind everything you know who is jane what what is her story who are these other people and what do they have to do with her um and that was the question i sent to jeffrey um and i outlined jane's backstory to him and um, he was interested, and so this is basically, you know, the the outlining of that, so to speak. Um, I, I, is that answering the question at all? Um, I'm just kind yeah. of speaking. No, words it, it is. Out of my it is. Um, I guess one one thing um, you sort of touched on it, like you said, you had seven different things kind of coalesce was there something specific that brought you to the idea of tabula rasa like the the core of um it? Mm-hmm. uh what, what there it says like in the about for tabula rasa that it was based most heavily on a novel i tried writing when i was in about seventh grade mm-hmm. um and it is ultimately the same story but the novel took place in what is in tabula rasa the past that we're flashing back to with Jane on some level. Okay. Um, and this one takes place in the future or like the second half of that novel. Basically I took that idea, the second half of that novel that I never wrote and changed a bunch of stuff, split, um, the main character into about three or four different characters and, um, just kind of watched what happened. And as I was outlining it and pitching it, um, this this whole thing came about. And so Jane's story and Liza's story and the story of a couple other characters whom we may or may not have met so far are the ones that provide the basis for that. And another one was a... Uh, th- this is probably the second biggest influence. My first pitch to Jeffrey, which was a story about um, superheroes. Uh, for Like they had superpowers and they were forced to commit villainous acts through this apocalyptic I don't even know um, I don't remember the storyline I remember the characters um, that's what ultimately spawned uh, Raphael and Keith and Clark on some level though not really um, well, I guess Clark a little bit and obviously they all had different names and different attributes but really the only character of the core cast and the only two characters of the core cast that are really genuinely came up with while I was working on this are Lakeisha and Ganymede. Mm. Um, so yes. Okay. And you, you talked about kind of on a, on a very basic level of similarity to castle or medium or whatnot without, you know, Activating the spoiler ninjas, um, mm-hmm. what what are you going to try? To, what are you trying to do with it that's different? That's going to set it apart. 
Uh, well, I, I think um, the, the closest thing to medium that you're going to find is probably the third episode. Uh, and the trailer for that has come out already, I believe. So it's, it's safe to say mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's our homage to Castle and Medium and all those that it seems so similar to. Um, is the is is the whole cop show thing, but ultimately it's um, it's not going to work like that. Those shows generally take a very case by case by case episodic sort of right. storyline, um, and that's very very much not what's going on with Tabula Rasa. We've already got seeds planted uh, with with the events that have occurred in the first and second episodes, mm-hmm. and third episode on some level, but not really. That's that's kind of a let's finish Jane's origin arc, which is the first three episode you know like the the setup arc is the first three episodes right um and episode four through eight are pretty much their own arc and nine through ten will be their own arc as well and that'll finish up the season for us um but i i think um yeah ultimately it it's not one case it's each case leads into the next case and they're all part of the same vast um overarching plot and past and puzzle and question i'm i'm using a lot of weird hat synonyms here um (laughs) but this this big looming threat that's hanging over everything who is that voice over the phone what does it have to do with jane what does it have to do with ganymede um and yeah okay um how did listening to the actors of Tabula Rasa um, affect your understanding of the characters and maybe even how you plan on or have changed maybe some of the writing of those characters? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think that that's a lot of people are very much the way I heard them. Um, Sam Sullivan, or the actor known as Sam Sullivan, um, who's playing the voice over the phone, and Jane and Liza and Raphael, they all sound, and, and Lakeisha on some level too, I guess, uh, and Keith. They all they all sound basically how the voices were in my head. Um, what helps for me personally as a writer, and I don't know if that's how anyone else does it, but is to write the character how you would play them. Um, okay. Which is which is weird, and that's one of those that's another one of those reasons where I'm throwing my hands up like I don't intend to be in this show ever. Um, <laughs> but I, that yeah, and if that means everyone starts talking really snarkily and sarcastically at each other, then you know so be it. Um, but um, what what happened with Clark and Ganymede especially was it was very hard to find their voices. Ganymede was originally a thug, um, very like you know, I'm, he's the kind of guy who's like he's got a, like a bald head and like a rough beard, and he's like gigantic, and he's wearing this really too tight shirt and muscles, and he's like, I'm going to beat the crap out of you. Um, but as we cast Jason R. Wallace, and as we started editing episodes that hadn't been sent to the cast already, um, I found myself changing his voice, because he's so smooth and very... Um, he's got this cold Soviet kind of um, edge to him that I, I, I didn't have, that he didn't have before, and it's very chilling and um, it's made Ganymede, in my mind, more important than he was before and uh, um, changed the way I've written him, changed the way the future storylines are going to go. Um, it's very interesting. And um, Jason, of course, 
uh, I told him that now that we've decided that his um, he's of, of Romani descent. Um, he's like, okay, I'm going to go look up some curse words and use those <laughs> later. I'm like, okay, okay, great, <laughs> good. Um, and, and Pete Milan on some level too. Clark was the diffi- most difficult to write in terms of voice because he was the oldest character that we had. Um, and most, most character storylines I can relate to on some level, but Clark's was, Clark's is just very over my head, um, in terms of, I've never experienced anything remotely like this before. Uh, sorry, those were my knuckles. Um, but he, um, it was hard to just figure out, well, who is this guy? What does he have going on? Um, but now that we've put Pete in there, it's been very, very easy to, to write just because I can hear every line very, very clearly in Pete's voice. Um, as I write it and I know we play with it some more, but there's a line coming up where, um, the whole team's going to be at dinner and they get salad and Clark calls salad, the decaf of the food world. Um, (laughs) or something I would have to write. Uh, I was, I was going to write for Clark originally, but now that we have Pete in there and I know that he can pull it off and I know that suddenly this is something Clark is capable of saying because of the way Pete plays him. Yeah, so the the line in the first episode about don't bring decaf here, this is a holy pl- a precinct, that's a holy place, or something like that, was that be- written before or after you heard Pete's delivery? Well, that's actually a Pete ad-lib. Yeah, it's a Pete um, ad-lib? Which the man is... The original line was, if that decaf is coursing with caffeine, uh, and we just let play with it. Like the gag about um, Raphael decaf back for Clark was there originally but Pete played with it and uh, ultimately it, it turned into what we have now okay um which I, and I don't mean to you know in singling out Jason and Pete I don't, I don't mean to say that um you know Lynn and Chris and Chris and Susan and uh James I almost called James Keith <laughs> haven't, um, you know, obviously helped to solidify them in their roles, but um, we were basically of the same mind um, in terms of character interpretation, uh, which is obviously why we cast them. Um, so that, yeah, I, I, I don't mean to just single out Jason and Pete because everyone truly is doing a fantastic job. Oh yeah, I've I've really enjoyed the first two episodes, and congrats on getting the second episode out. Um, which at the time of this recording um, was released uh, today, actually. Yes, so, this morning. I st- congrats on that. I should. And I have listened to it already because I'm, as Jeffrey says, the Uber fan. Um, <laughs> um, it's not wrong. What? Say again. He's not wrong. <laughs> um, I enjoyed it. So. Um, you. I, I recall. Jeffrey saying, um, not not in my interview with him, but previously, and and if I'm if I'm remembering incorrectly, please please tell me, did did Tabula Rasa get kind of fast tracked a little bit? Yes, um, if only by about three months. Okay, um, because I, I pitched it to him when I was about sixteen, um, and for legal reasons, we didn't want to. It's weird, you know, you don't want a sixteen year old who has creative rights over that him or his parents or him with his parents who, who signs away those rights. Right. Um, so wait until we were 18 and I turned 18 in May of 2012. 
and um, we were probably going to start sending out scripts about last month. Um, but then we rebooted, and um, suddenly Anna, who had been signed on to direct since the year before, uh, was available. And so, um, same day we rebooted, we uh, we put we put out that casting call because we were ready to go. Okay, so did did that add a lot of pressure, or it sounded like you were just ready to go anyway? Well, at the time, I'd written probably the first five scripts, five or six or four. I'm really good with numbers. Um, and, and so I, 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 truthfully, had been freaking out about it for two years. So moving ahead about three months didn't change it too much. Um, uh, but it didn't really add a whole lot of extra pressure. I mean, I'll still, you know, be like, oh, I, I really hope people like this. Guys, I made this. If you want to listen, it's it's kind of I like it. If you want to like it, go ahead. Um, so yeah, I'm just kind of talking now. Um, did you have to do anything other than get that um, cast and call out early uh, to account for the the quicker release, or was it just everything uh, just got kind of shifted? Yeah, no, no, we were ready to go in May. Okay. Um, so yeah, it was just a matter of well, let's put all that up because I'd written the casting call already. Okay. I just had to get Anna to add her little or to add her technical details that I, I am not very good with that sort of thing. So, which is weird because I'm also studying sound mixing in college. Anyway, um, but yeah, it ultimately there was not a lot of extra work put in for fast tracking it. Uh, we we just um put it up and we were set to go. Okay. So shifting off of Tabula Rasa a little bit, um, mm-hmm. I think I want to read this question that was submitted word for word. Okay. It reads, Rockabye was really messed up. What made you want to write that story? <laughs> I was very messed up when I wrote it. Next question. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah. Yeah, I was messed up when I wrote it. Um, there's a reason. It was written to be a trilogy, and there's a reason there's not a part three, and it's ultimately because I'm not in a frame of mind to write it anymore. Okay. Um, yeah, it is It is messed up. <laughs> Thank you for noticing. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, it, yep, it was very messed up, and I, I just read, and then there were none, and I was like, oh, this is a cool concept, and so I stole the concept from then there were none. I made it into an audio drama. Um, so yeah. Are you going to do some more seminar shorts? Uh, yes. Uh, episode 49 has one written by me, actually. Um, it's called Speaking is Easy, Murder is Hard. It is a dramedy. Um, so yeah, please hope, please realize while you're listening to it that I didn't intend any of it to be serious. Um, well, a little bit to be serious. It's not meant to be serious. It's, it's a spoof of noir and, um, well, on some level noir, but like criminal intrigue. I'm kind of r- ribbon on the kingery a little bit in it, um, which you'll see as you're listening to it. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's fun. And I am co-story writer for um, the rappers of Seminar, beginning with episode 50. Um, oh, cool. That one is 
co-story written by Bernadette, Colin, and myself, and the script is written by Colin and Bernadette. And then with 51, it will be Colin and I as co-script writers, or co-story uh, writers, and Colin as the script writer. Okay. Yeah, we had uh, Seminar released also this week, so we got a couple hints about what's going on in the in the rapper storyline um, this week as well. So looking forward to seeing where you guys take that. Uh, yeah, it'll be um, it'll be very different from what Bernadette's written, um, just because uh, we we um, it's it's you know it's an, I obviously I don't mean to uh, you know words are weird. I, I don't mean to like harsh on Bernadette's writing, but um, it's it's a little bit more of a return to the way Cat wrote the show and Marcus wrote the show um, when they were writing the rappers. Um, but obviously we're, we're pulling in some elements of what Bernadette's written and carry, uh, picking up some storylines that haven't been, um, addressed since Marcus left and, um, tying those in with Bernadette's, uh, currently ongoing story. Okay. Trying to, uh, unify the two and bring it into something fun. Cool. Um, yeah, a change and it's going to be very cool. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Looking forward to it. So you've got the seminar rappers, you've got Tabula Rasa, and um, the seminar short coming up. You got any other ideas brewing in your head? Uh, you know, in the shower two days ago, I came up with an interesting one um, that may or may not see uh, the light of day. Most stories I write don't. Um, I uh, I'm, I'm working on a uh, live action play that didn't. I, I tried submitting an early draft to seminar and ultimately I realized that this was something that didn't work too well in audio and I could change it back to, and I, I, I changed it to stage and started completely redoing it. Um, and I conceivably could bring it back to audio, but I would have to sacrifice a lot of what it means both to me and to the story. Um, so I, I, I'm um, hoping to submit it to one of the theater festivals in St. Louis or Chicago. Um, so yeah, uh, that's that's called Jordan. It's a uh, 10, 10, 15 minute one act play. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. Very cool. Um, other than that, though, I'm not doing too much writing. You know, it makes it sound like I'm not doing any writing. You know, it feels like I'm not writing anything at all. But clearly, I have way too many projects right now. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'm not doing too much other writing. Uh, trying to get the second season of Tabula Rasa going. Right. And then you've got that whole dual major thing. Yeah, and then I'm, I'm doing all that. Trying to do a musical currently. Um, 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee, which is a very fun show. Um, if you're in St. Louis, come see it. Um, but yeah, it, it's just been interesting. Um, yeah, it's it's. I'm very busy. So writing is the most flexible thing to do for me. Because I can do it in pretty much any environment, given that I have my laptop and you know, ten working fingers. Cool. And then, um, nearly finally, another submitted question: Do you miss the Twip interviews? You must, as you're back already. <laughs> uh, do I miss the Twip interviews? No, no, I'm. Um, <laughs> Yes, I do miss the Twip interviews. I miss the conversation. I don't miss the scheduling. 
Um, scheduling is hard. I loved interacting with people. I love talking to people. Um, I got to interview Philip Weber. Was interviewing Philip Weber was one of my favorites. Renee Christine Jones. Um, just having zany uh, stop everything and just laugh your head off moments. Um, I, I miss those. Um, but it's also great to listen to a TWIP interview and not know what's going on. Um, listening to the one with you and Jeffrey uh, last two weeks ago, whenever the last one came out, um, it was great because I was like, I'm learning new things and I don't already know them as they're coming out in TWIP. And, oh, finally. <laughs> it, is, it is a load off my back. Um, it is a very refreshing, refreshing break. Well, I it was my idea to uh, to bring you on early because, you know, Tabula Rasa and, yeah, you were doing the interviews and such and it seemed like a good, you know, partial transition into, you know, kind of a different interview style going forward. But uh, I'm, I'm glad we were able to connect and uh, have you on. Is there anything that you want to um, promote out there as I um, shamelessly rip off your 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 final question that you usually gave to people. <laughs> um, well, sure. Um, I had I am I have recently joined the cast of Tim the Vampire, written by um, familiar pendant faces Renee Christine Jones and Christy Plotkin, um, and you can find that at rarcreations.com, r a r c r e a t i o n s dot com. Um, I'm not up there yet. I take over for the um, original star of Tim the Vampire, beginning with episode three. Uh, so look for that when that comes up. But we're still in the recording phase for that, so that'll be a little while. Um, other than that, I'm going to be assistant directing a show in St. Louis next year, um, and I'll, I can post the details on that. Uh, assistant directing a play in St. Louis next year. Um, if any of you would care to come see that, I will post the details. In um, I'll, see, I'll send those out to the pendant mailing list. So uh, look for that. Very cool. If you haven't settings back to email for the pendant mailing list so you get those notifications and i'm sure stuff will get announced in other media forms one way or another uh, yes i'm also on twitter um and if you're not a spam bot or someone i work with uh you can totally follow me <laughs> i i just blocked for that um because i prefer not to have my tweets googleable so uh yeah so come give me uh come Follow me on Twitter. I'm at J A Y T at J A Y T E E S E E J T C, which are my initials. Clearly. Cool. <clears throat> are you on any other uh, forms of social media? Um, that you want? I don't to use Tumblr anymore. Okay. No, not really. <laughs> All right then. Well, thank you very much, Jack. Uh, thank you for having me. It's weird not to say, on that note, thank you very much for joining me, Jordan. <laughs> and uh, look forward to hearing more of your stuff in Tabula Rasa and Seminar. Thanks, Jack. Thank you. It's over. It's over. It's over. Just the interview. It's over. And look, I was just talking about this. Coming out Wednesday, January 9th, Season 6, Episode 5 of The Kingery. Next time on The Kingery. 
We're gonna have to order a new genetic mapping matrix for this one. I don't know how long that'll take. Depending on when you're ready to open the place, you you may be down a machine for a while. Well, that's good. Um, I mean, you know, we could survive a few days down one unit, right? But uh, the others, they'll be ready today? Like for testing even? Don't know, not just testing. They'll be online and ready to go. I'm trying to offer you a position here, Asa. I want you working for me. You could be my right-hand man. I reckon Major's already filled that spot. And I ain't about to cross her. Fine, my left hand then. Seems to me, May's fitting in there just fine. Do you know what it's like to try to prove yourself to someone, only for them to want nothing to do with you? Actually, yeah, I do. All I want to do is, is help Tommy, but he won't let me. I know I could make things better for him if he'd just give me a chance, you know? Yeah, I know. I don't know how much longer I can stand being shut out. Only at PendantAudio.com So now what? Uh-huh. Undo the, the rest of your buttons. Fantastic. Uh. <laughs> And coming out Wednesday, January 26th, Macbeth, Act 3 of The Pendant Shakespeare. 16th. I said that. You said 26th. No, I didn't. Oh, yeah, you did. Ah. Now it's going to go at the end of the episode, after the very end, so we can all make fun of you a little more. Awesome. Okay, coming out Wednesday, January 16th. Yeah, that's the one. Macbeth, Act 3 of The Pendant Shakespeare. Here's our chief guest. If she had been forgotten, it had been as a gap in our great feast and all thing unbecoming. Tonight, we hold a solemn supper, ma'am, and I'll request your presence. Let your highness command upon me, to the which my duties are with a most indissoluble tie forever knit. Right this afternoon? Aye, my good lord. We should have else desired your good advice, which still hath been both grave and prosperous in this day's council. But we'll take tomorrow. Best far you ride. As far, my lord, as will fill up time twixt this and supper. Go not my horse the better. I must become a borrower of the night for a dark hour of twain. Fail not our feast. My lord, I will not. We're here our bloody cousins are bestowed in England and in Ireland. Not confessing their cruel parasite, filling their hearers with strange invention. But of that tomorrow... And therewithal we shall have cause of state craving us jointly. Hie it a horse. Adieu, till you return at night. Goes Fleance with you? Aye, my good lord. Our time does call upon us. I wish your horses swift and sure of foot. And so I do commend you to their backs. Farewell. La la la, the show is almost done. I don't say wrong things. Oh, you said wrong things. I know, but... Ones and twos do not look the same, my dear. No, but I mean, it wasn't like I was even thinking about twos. Well, then why did you say I don't, I don't know. Because you're a two-timing... Well, you know. I think my brain was just like, la, 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 two comes after one, and there's a one there, and you know what's next, two. And I'm going to say it now. You know what's actually next.
end. That bit where I say, be sure to stop by the website at pendantaudio.com. You're loud. The Yahoo groups at group.yahoo.com slash group slash pendant. The Live Journal community at community.livejournal.com slash pendant audio. The Facebook page at facebook.com slash pendant audio. The Twitter feed at twitter.com slash pendant web. And the Tumblr at pendantaudio.tumblr.com. We'll see you back here in two weeks. This is Susan Bridges. And Jeffrey Bridges. Thanks for listening. Maybe our New Year resolution should be to finally plan out these stupid goddamn endings. You know, that would be good. Although I could talk about my new pillow, which I'm like laying on right now, and it's the best new pillow, and everybody should buy a new pillow because, whoa, it's just the best that you just don't think about replacing your pillow. You know what helps you sleep more than a new pillow, pillow is listening to you talk maybe, about a new pillow! Maybe, maybe it, it affects your sleep. I mean, if you're oh having trouble God. sleeping, then you should probably buy a Help. pillow. Or, you know what else helps? Help. If you should just take some B6. Anyone? B6 might also help you sleep, no! so those are some things you should try. Stop it! Stop! <laughs> See? It worked! It all worked! We came up with something! We're improv man! I'm not channeling Jeffrey, I promise. I like being smarmy and evil. What? I didn't... I didn't do... What?